Hello. Hello. Like every week, we got a special <laughs> guest. Yay! And I thank you all because you listen, you're the best. Yay! Another week, we got a special guest on LFA. I'll let her introduce herself. Boom. Hi. I'm Brittany Laurel. Some people call me B, so B Laurel also works. Hello. B, you were saying that you were a little nervous before we started. Yes, I get nervous when I have to talk about myself. That's interesting because <laughs> don't do you perform? I do. Mm, okay, Julie, before we started, asked you if you had to sum yourself ah. up into three. I'm going to also ask you that question, but cool. I also want to start kind of the episode with a question of the day. Ooh. But for the listeners, yes. What would your three bullet points if you had to three or more or t- less? Or a 12. Okay. Cuz I'm um, trying to be like two right now. No, I feel life. that. Yeah. I feel that. Okay. Thanks um, for coming by the way. Thank, thank you, you so for much. Having me. Yeah. The, I'm happy the trek to be here. here hopefully will be worth it. Yes. Um three things at least, maybe sort of. I would say I am a thinker. I think a lot. <laughs> more than normal, more than normal people. Um, and that kind of feels, uh, fuels and feeds everything else. Um, I am a storyteller. And that takes many forms. <laughs> and I would say I am a creator. Today, right now in this moment. You ask me later, I might say something else. but <laughs> Yeah, that's a nice, well-rounded answer. Yeah. I think a lot of the times, especially like in the context of coming on a podcast with the with the name art or the word artist in it mm-hmm. people are like mm, dancer <laughs> writer and yes, it's like and it's okay very... but that could just fit under creator mm-hmm. so you got that covered mm-hmm. but that's not all there is Mm-mm. one thing i was wanting to steer this podcast in the direction of for the new not just the new year but the new like it's just like a new wave of energy almost i yeah. feel is like yeah, I'm looking for artists. I found it. But now I want to look kind of like found them. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know? Tons but of now them. I want to find like what is it in the artist that, that makes them identify <gasps> as such. So the fact that you have other bullet points is like I can already tell that this podcast is going to just kind of make itself. Awesome. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah. Okay. Question. We'll get back to that. Yes. But question of the day, which I haven't really prepared because I kind of cycle through a few and then I just vibe it out. For you, I think the question of the day, I'm going to I'm going to bring one back. Okay. So time machines are pretty cool and like if one existed that'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the back to the future series yes. a lot. But one question that I came up with when I used to teach after school arts education was if there was an any machine, A N Y, any any I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, so I say <laughs> any. Any. You can have anything you want. Um, mm, any machine can take you anywhere as anything for any amount of time. <gasps> you know, anywhere, anything, any what, any who, anywhere, any when, anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you, if you stumbled upon an any machine, what would happen? Damn, this is like deep. That's a deep, deep question. Well, you said you're a thinker, so you're right. That's I gave why you a this can go. I can go with this. Right? though. <laughs> like this can go anywhere. <laughs> um, hmm. I think I would say 
based on where I'm at in life right now, I've been uh, big into uh, assessment of self and kind of understanding who I am, why I am, where I am, uh, going as far back into my life as I can remember um, to understand everything that led me to the point I'm at now. Mm. So part of that conversation takes me into uh, family. Um, so ancestors, lineage, that kind of conversation. So I think I would probably want to go back to like my, I guess, would this be my, my grandmother's mother? I would like to be with her in her teenage years um, and understand a lot about who she was as a woman and why she made a lot of the choices she made that kind of led to a lot of other things that happened in life through the women in my family. That's another great answer. Okay, so as that, though, right? Yeah. would you go back, since it's oh, the ending machine, like, would, would you go as? back as her dog if she had one? Or would you go back as yourself, as your mom, as your grandmother? I'd probably go back as her dog. Did I she would. have a dog? She did. That's crazy. Yeah. I think I would. I Also, not even just because of it being her dog, but just as a dog in general. I think yes. I didn't grow up with pets. Um, my mom was very OCD and about cleanliness and things like that, so she wasn't really into the pets thing. Um, I got my first dog uh, because of an ex <laughs> in a relationship I was in. And before getting this dog, I felt very like, I don't like dogs. I'm not into them or whatever it is. Um, but after having a dog, I had two dogs, actually. One we had to put down. But, yeah, pretty sad. Um, but the way they love how um, connected they seem to be, how aware dogs are. Like, when you're having a bad day, it's like they know how they'll come next to you, how they'll kind of engage with you, how they'll comfort you. Um, I think there's something to be said about that. So it's much less about being her specific dog as it is about being a dog in general and yeah. being able to see yeah. everything. And I think those things, those attributes that you just listed among mm -hmm. dogs, like that's that's valuable and kind of powerful mm -hmm. in and of itself, mm -hmm. especially when you look at the way humans treat each other. Mm -hmm. But then you think about the context in which dogs like exist in a person's life. Mm -hmm. They see you all the time. Mm -hmm. Like they see you when you're performing for your guests. Mm -hmm. They see you in your private moments. Mm -hmm. They see you when you're pooping. Everything. When you're vomiting, whatever Everything. it is. Like they see it all. Yeah. And then in spite of that, not even in spite, in the middle of all that. They love you. They greet deep. you at the door. Deep. And they love you deep. deep. Doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter who you are. I think it's fascinating. And I they trust to... you. Yes. No yeah. matter what. I think that like it's it's a fascinating I'm like I would like to be more like a dog <laughs> as a human in that regard, in those ways, like mm -hmm. being able to love people unconditionally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's a reason why so many stories are written with animals as the main characters, because mm -hmm. we have a lot to learn from animals. I mean, Absolutely. obviously, they have a lot to learn from us because I don't see any other species making houses. And, OK. Like <laughs> iPhones and stuff. But like, <laughs> But at the same time, you know, yeah, there's stuff to be gained from like all aspects of nature and i think it takes not only creators but creators who also are thinkers yeah. to like make those connections yeah that's cool yes. so you your grandmother's dog yeah that's the coolest but great also i guess great grandmother's dog answer. but great, yeah i mean sorry, was that great, really your deep? great grandmother's oh 
Dog, that was, yeah, it's kind of deep. I mean, we got there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you started it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Time is the last circle. Okay. Yes. So this series is uh, basically what we've been doing since you came in. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, at least for me, I don't know, maybe you're just a really great performer. Huh. But you seemed like there was the transition into the starting the episode was, I mean, this is, this is it. We're here. Yeah. We... Okay, so for the people listening who are just now joining us, yes, um, B and Julie kind of came up together yes. with this idea of starting the podcast with the artist of the day just coming in and mm-hmm. just sitting down mm-hmm. and like us starting right then and there, which I think is interesting. But then some people who are less like cool and easygoing as you <laughs> like would I think that would induce a panic attack. I'm sure. Okay, so where are you from? I was born in Baltimore, but raised in Harlem, New York. Whoa, Baltimore. Yes. Harlem, New York. Yes. Baltimore. Yes. Baltimore. Okay. Baltimore <laughs> is interesting. Yes. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that if you look at Baltimore from like a historical mm-hmm. perspective, it has more in common with the South than it does where it's geographically located located within the continental United States. Mm -hmm. The other thing that is interesting, I will have to say, is every time I I didn't used to tell people that I was born in Baltimore because, not because I was like ashamed of it or anything crazy like that, but because um, I wasn't there very long after I was born. Like my mom and my dad were in the military, so they were stationed there. Got it. So it was that kind of thing. Like, it's not like I got fam in Baltimore and like that's what it is. It's not really that. It was kind of like, this is where we are because this is where we're working. And oh. You're ready to come, so I guess we're here. Right, like, <laughs> right. Uh, so your hat says God is dope. Correct. I was raised in the Christian church. Same. And one of the things is, like, we're not of this earth. Mm-hmm. Like, our home is with our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. That's, like, kind of true if, like, your family or if someone in your family, like your father or your mother especially, mm-hmm. your parents are, like, pursuing something that is a higher calling right it's not a nine to five nope. you know you're a military kid your family is kind of like also in service to the military that's right which i think is a very powerful thing that you, it's hard to like understand that unless you've lived unless it. you've experienced i it, haven't yeah I'm, i just like it's a but i you can get tell I get, I get that yeah yeah when people learn that about me they're like oh okay and I'm like, okay. yeah, it's kind of like that, but I yeah. don't want to like simplify it because no, I, I know it. that for, I mean, I'm assuming that for you, it in many ways was and is complex, and you've had to process. Oh, sure, many levels. sure. I Everything mean, my, it entails. Yeah, I'm like, I think, uh, I think my life in general <laughs> has some layers to it, and I think it's kind of complex in different ways. But I, I will say that um, having a mother specifically who is a military woman um definitely has influenced a lot of how i think how i process Mm. information Mm. how i move about the world um i guess maybe even in some ways the level of seriousness that i can take with myself i mean i can be silly Mm. and ridiculous at times as well which julie knows but (laughs) Mm. but i think generally speaking there's a kind of a way that i move about the world that comes from the energy that my mom still carries even though she hasn't been in the military in eons Um, what did she do she did a lot of different things there, but I think most of the work, I can't, I, I can never remember the exact title of what she did, but what I do know is she had to, the way the military worked back then, she had to be as much, the way she always describes it is behind the scenes as she was 
on the lines. And that's always, it's funny actually that we're having this conversation because she doesn't talk about it a lot. And it's something that I've been trying to like, little by little, like get more yeah. insights about. Mm. Um, or when she talks about it, she talks more about what it was like socially or what it was like um, as a woman or a black woman. Like she kind of speaks more about that as opposed to talking about the logistics or the day-to-day or what the work right. was. Because I think what it was like for her socially and or as a woman was probably heavier yeah. and had had more of an impact on who she ultimately is. Yeah. If that makes sense. So when, Harlem was from when to when? I think we landed on a planet called Harlem probably in toddler years. <laughs> A planet? A planet called Harlem. You think Harlem, Harlem's a Harlem's planet? Harlem's its own place, especially during the time when I was like growing up. I feel like now it's nice and gentrified, and yeah. <laughs> and it has a slightly different energy. Um, but when I think about what it was as a kid coming up, it was definitely its own planet, for sure. Yeah. Um, are you proud to be from Harlem? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I always was, but I definitely think I've had a different level of appreciation for it recently because I've understood more about how it how it has groomed me in certain ways. Mm. Here's a thought experiment that Ooh. this conversation has sparked. I haven't ever really thought about this before. Okay. But maybe like if you're in a healthy place in your life, which you seem to be, mm-hmm. Maybe not, if not, not maybe not, if not overall today, mm-hmm. you seem like you're in a great place. So, yeah, like, man. so, like, if you're in a great place, can, like, do you have any other option than to be proud of where you came from? Because without that, you wouldn't be where you are. Absolutely. Going back to something you said earlier about, like, every moment leading up to, to where you are in your life, mm-hmm. like, I remember thinking that, like, there's this, like, scientific concept that you are literally the center of your own universe at all. Like, uh, this is probably something that everyone's seen on Instagram at this point. But, like, <laughs> yeah, like, you are literally at the center of the universe and in, in the dimension in the time and space in which you experience it. You are actually the center. Right. And from this exact point that you are cosmically, you can trace the entire universe and that you'll find that you're at the center of that. Mm-hmm. And that's true for everyone where they are. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I was going with that because <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you were saying everything. Oh, right. Yes. Everything leading up to this moment. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I used to think this, like if that's true, then like everything from the beginning of time is leading up to this moment mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, and like, and if you're constantly present, mm-hmm. which I think, as performers, as creators, as thinkers, mm-hmm. you know, we have no choice. We, we have no choice, are. but we ha- but but we also strive to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we we want to catch ourselves when we're not present. Yeah, when we're too caught up in the past or too caught up in, in the, the future. future. Yeah. So if we're if we're both acknowledging and accepting of everything that w- has ever happened in life mm-hmm. has led up to this moment, and if we're constantly in this moment, then we live forever kind of type of a thing like we are that is eternal i think that's like being present is eternal i think that's an awesome way to think about it and i think it's really true and i think i think sometimes um because i'm not gonna pretend i've always thought this way (laughs) i'm not um i'd say this last couple of years i've been very conscious about getting clear about who i am 
what mm. it all means, right? Yeah. Not even just thinking about it artistically, um, but thinking about literally at rest, who am I? Like, what do I care about? Why do I care yeah. about it? Yes, me too. What are what are our belief systems? And what do I do? And why do I do it? Yeah. Okay, so, so I'm, forgive me, creator, thinker, and... What did I say? Creator, storyteller. Storyteller. Okay, so I'm going to ask you in this order. What do you think about? Everything. That's a lame answer. Everything. I'm like, honestly, everything. I think about intention a lot. That's what I do. I think about the intention. I think about my intentions, why I do the things I do, and I also think about the intentions of people around me. I'm like, why do why do people care? Why do people care about what I'm talking about? Why do why do people want to sit with me? Why does someone want to date me? Hello. Why does so someone do people care anything? about what you want to talk about? Sometimes it seems that way. Okay, and yeah. then that's first of all the fact that I think you have that is like not anything other than what it is, but it because of what you are mm-hmm. a thinker and a creator, mm-hmm. then that's a blessing I think and a platform. It's exciting. I'm I'm still trying to get used to um thinking in those ways because I think sometimes about the, the thing about a thinker is at least for me I don't always concern myself with what people think about what I think. I just can go into this vortex of my mind right. and Which end up thought, in a rabbit hole. Thought should be free. Right. It's not about anything. Thought shouldn't be anything about what it is. Right. The thought is a, it just the goes. thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mhm. So I think yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know Psalm twenty three? Like by heart? No, but just the <laughs> but yes. the common like yay though I walk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I also there's a song I love actually called Psalm twenty three. I am not alone. So it's just funny that you just said that because I was listening to it hardcore before I got here. No way. There are no coincidences, only synchronicities. Patterns that you can pick up on or not. Yeah, the past few episodes I've been um, sharing the same sentiment that as like creators, we find connections. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you're looking at the general populace, like artists and creators are going to, on average, I think, make more connections than the people that are going and making like just doing other other types of work. Yeah. But then I think even within the artistic community, people make make connect those connections on varying levels as mm-hmm. well. And it's just kind of cool because in a city like this, I feel like you can really, that really allows you to like find your people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you think about everything and. And intentions. And intentions and your intention with everything and why people listen to you, why they care. And it kind of, to me, obviously connects to why you, like, are a creator as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you think about those things, and then, like, you want to do something with it mm-hmm. instead of it just being, like, chained in thought. Correct. When did you um, start creating things, and what did that look like? <clears throat> Whoa. Uh... You can be as cheesy as you want, or you can get really specific and be like, I started calling myself a blank blank. When, yeah. Or you can be like, I was six and... <laughs> and I always knew. Yeah, I always performed. Um, it's like, well, no, you didn't. No. You were a kid. <laughs> well, no, you didn't. And then you made a choice to study No, that's or, a real thing. That's yeah, a real thing. it's like, okay. So I have uh, sort of two answers to that. I think um, growing up in Harlem as a, as a little person, um, a little child, I, I think everyone in the neighborhood, like a lot of the girls danced. So that was like a thing. Everybody danced. Everyone, you know, danced at the block parties or like... 
um, after school programs. There'd be like dance things. So I did little dance shows and didn't think much about it other than it's just like I like to dance. I like music. Cool, whatever. Um, I also went to church and people sang in church. So that wasn't really a thing either. It was kind of like that's just what we do. Um, I started doing storytelling contests in elementary school. But even then, still did not like maybe uh, had an affinity for it. I love to read. I love stories. I love books. I love all that stuff. Um, but still didn't think of myself as like an artist or a performer. I just was doing the things that came naturally to me, I guess. I was about 10 years old. Um, and I was considered a very smart kid. So I remember my principal told my mom you need to get her, her into a good junior high school. Like, you know, look into private schools, look into like something that's going to challenge her a little bit or else you'll lose her to the streets. Well, not um, maybe not that, but like that kind of energy a little bit. Like, you know, keep her focused. Um, so one of the schools I got to go to and take like do a little interview and have like a big sister for the day was the school called Manhattan East for arts and academics. And the girl that was my big sister for the day had a drama class. And I go to this class. This is also the first time I'd been to a school that was predominantly white. <laughs> so I was kind of like, whoa, <laughs> like looking around a little um, taken aback by all of that. And not, and not ever, you know, just being on, I'm being honest. Like it was a lot for me um, coming from Harlem and in a pre predominantly black school. So even having a drama class, I was kind of like, what is this? <laughs> like, what is even going on? And I remember I was sitting in the audience because it took place in a the theater. And, um, uh, the, the acting teacher called everyone on stage and was like, okay, we're going to do some warm-ups, like sound movement in the middle and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what is any of that? <laughs> and I was sitting like, because I'm not in this class. Did you just say sound movement? I did. That's hilarious. Isn't it great? Right. So Drama. Yes, right? Drama. So I remember I'm sitting in the audience <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to sit here. And she's like, no, you have to come up too. And I'm like, no, I'm not in this class. I don't go to this school. I'm not a part of this world. <laughs> and she's like, no, if you're in here, you got to come up. Drama. Right. Love it. I'm terrified, naturally. I do love it. Because I'm like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but long story short, I go through the warm-ups, whatever. I go to sit down, and they start um, some of the, I guess, 13-year-olds who were auditioning for performing arts high schools and stuff like that had to work on their monologues. Hmm. So I'm seeing these kids, like, doing these, like, dramatic monologues, crying, doing all these, like, emotional things, and, and this teacher, like, coaching them and, and, like, asking them about what they feel. And asking them in what ways they feel like they can connect to what they're doing. And all these questions. And I'm like, first of all, like, I don't even come from a world at this time where we discussed feelings. Right? So I'm like, oh, wait, people actually care. Like, you guys are kid. They're like a couple years older than me. We're children. And I'm like, someone is sitting here taking the time to really be like, how do you feel about this work you're doing? And what ways are you connecting to it? And I'm seeing them like be emotional and it be like normal, not only normal, but like, um, I don't want to say rewarded, but like encouraged. And I was kind of like, this is wild. <laughs> like, I need to get involved with this. Now, at this point, I ended up going to the school and ended up taking all the drama classes and doing all the things. But I still hadn't made a relationship. Um, I, I still didn't understand the relationship between what I was seeing in class and what I saw on television. Like, I didn't know that these things were related. I just was really into class and process and, like, rehearsal. And, like, that was fascinating to me. And the 
the connection and, and dealing with emotions in this way and like figuring out ways to connect what you know to be true emotionally to what you need in order to tell someone else's story, even if it's something you've never gone through before. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And fulfilling. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because as, as open-ended as the work was, it gave you something clear to work forward to every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And or gives you, like, if that's something that you're still doing. I don't know if you're still pursuing drama, like, strictly. I do. I you do. do? Yeah. Cool. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. Thank you. For <laughs> for me and my, in where I am right now mentally, like, it's, um, it's like more of a, uh, it feels like it's just like some energy leaking out. Mm. Like auditions feel like not a waste of energy. Okay. It's just like not the best use of the energy that I have. That's fair. So it feels like an energy leak. But I, I appreciate it. Just like, you know, I'm not like. You're not like jaded or like negative about it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not painting, you know. Right. You right. Know? Right. I, I was in art class. I've been right. in advanced art classes. Right kind of a humble brag but also just saying that because it's relevant like yeah but i don't paint you know right, so right. it's just like no i get that that's a thing that's a real thing but I, to have a painter on i've had a painter i've had painters on i f think it's fucking awesome yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's why i brought up psalm 23 why is because that it's yay though i walked oh yeah, out, yeah but yay. some people read it as yeah yeah yeah, yeah, which is kind of weird because that doesn't sound right to me. No judgment to anyone who does it that way. I just think language in general is so strange. Yeah, it is bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, you yes. audition? I do. You do plays, musicals? I do. Both? Yes. Yes and? Sure. Yes and. <laughs> sure, I love it. Um, no, it's, it's an interesting thing. Oh, so I guess I should say this. Um... I actually just came back to acting recently. I had stepped away from it for a little bit. I was literally oh, living yeah? a completely different life. Why did you? Well, okay. Why did you step yes. away? What life were oh, you living? Okay, I'm going to okay, make this okay, brief because, okay. you know, it's always a story. Please. Because um, yeah. she's a storyteller. No. Um, hey. So, I to make a very long story short, uh -huh, not super dramatic uh -huh. and sad, my uh -huh. mom okay. actually had gotten really sick. Oh, um, she's great now, though. Don't OG. get dramatic, OG. No, she's, she's I know. She's great now. So, okay, that's, good. that's the win. Boom. That's the win. But at the time, it was like crucial. I'm the oldest of three kids from mm. a single parent household, ultimately. We'll come back to that on a different show. Okay. But um, so it kind of seemed irresponsible at the time to be like, I'm going to keep acting when I didn't know what was going to happen with my mother's health and life. And I'm the oldest of three. So like if something happens to her, I'm next in line to hold down the fort or, mm. or so I felt. So I took a break and... Um, I didn't know it was a break at the time. Well, I think I said I was like, I'll just take a year and I'll I'll do a job, you know, something in an office somewhere. And <laughs> um, did you do it? I did, but one year turned into five and a half years. Oh, um, I see. Yes, so I ended up working for a hedge fund of all things. Got um, it. Uh, negotiating tech deals ultimately, which was like super random, and uh, I did that for a while and. I got to that point where I was getting about to get promoted again, like in a big, like one of those big promotions that like kind of changed your life. Mm. Um, and I think around that same time, I also got, this is really interesting. I got baptized as an adult. Um, Cause you know, as a kid, you go to church, you're told kind of like yep. what you believe, whatever. But as an adult, I made the choice to do it. And 
essentially after that, I kind of felt like everything was being revealed, if that makes sense. Um, and I suddenly did not feel right in that environment at all. At like any point, every day, it was like a countdown ultimately to me leaving. Um, and a lot of not so great things happened and a lot of not so great people were working there. And, you know, environments that are, I think, uh, ran by greed and about, you know, obsession with money. Like they're just not always the healthiest environments to be in. Even if you're intelligent and able to do the work of this environment, if you are uh, soul connected in certain ways and an artist and have a certain level of sensitivity as a result of that, it can be tricky being in those spaces. So I kind of look at that time as one of the best roles I ever played in my life <laughs> that I completely committed to. But the day that I decided to leave, it was like, okay, this is literally, that person is gone. Like that person, that role is done. Um, so I took most of 2018 to kind of recalibrate and mm -hmm. kind of figure out who am I? That's what started that conversation. How did I even end up in a hedge fund for five and a half years? That was not the plan. That's not what I went to school for. It's not what my life is about. It's an environment essentially that makes wealthy people more wealthy. Are we making an impact? What problems are we really solving? Like I got into this like headspace about it and it set me on this path of like um, figuring out what, if money wasn't a major issue, um, what would I want to do with my time? How would I want to spend it if it wasn't about money? Mm. And I came back to acting. That was kind of how it happened. So I started, you know, doing the things that you do. You start... I mean, I'm from New York, so like there's certain relationships I had, started reconnecting with managers or agents and doing workshops and studying and got into improv and did all these different things to kind of, because also being in an environment like that changes how you think and how you kind of navigate the world or how I navigated the world. For sure. So I had to kind of break out of that weird space that I was in as a human in order to reconnect with myself as a creative and as an artist. I took the time to do that. And then 2019 just started running amok in the palace. Love it. Known as the arts. <laughs> so there we are. Yeah. Hi, hello, we're I back. I think people underestimate the the power of their environment. Oh, yeah. Because like, just like you are what you eat with your food, you are what you eat with your, your mental state. Absolutely. Which is heavily affected by your social environment whether that's where you work or who you hang out with. Absolutely. Like you're kind of like a culmination of all of that. So, you know, you want to be a great artist or actor. It makes mm -hmm. sense to surround yourself with great artists and actors. Mm -hmm. The thing about being an actor, I, I though, is like it's also a good excuse to be around, like, everyone. Yes. Because you may have to be that person. Mm -hmm. Like, painting is in other things like I the only reason I say painting is because I used it as an example well. before yeah well I I guess I know more drawing than I know painting I, mm -hmm. I did drawing more I'm about to burp because this is really good I love it it's so good yeah <clears throat> but painting and like maybe visual arts you can find a similar argument like you need to be exposed to a lot of things in order to like communicate complex ideas or whatever. Yeah. But you can also just get really good at finding like a specific style of painting and then surrounding yourself with painters who are masters of that. And you right. got it. Like right. It's good. Like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You want to be really good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Surround yourself with people who are good at that. Yeah. Not people who are good at fishing. Yeah. Those, it's not the same thing. So don't waste so your don't time don't even waste fishing. your time with it. Yeah. But our, like actors is like, for me, when I was an actor, it was overload. When I was 
an actor like only pursuing that. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really identify as an actor. Right. You know what I mean? I get that. I love acting Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I would love, you know, a gig comes my way. I'll do it. I'm working on stuff. I'm just like not trying to like be an actor. Get you. Yeah. But like the struggle for me when I was, was like, where do I go? Because I, I feel like I need to learn all of this. Yeah. And I remember thinking, man, I really want to at some point learn a martial art because that would obviously help me with physical movement. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then to learn that, you got to take the five years a- away. So for me, it's like, man, maybe maybe this is all part of it. Maybe it's all a part of it. That's to, I think I yeah. think that's literally the line of thinking because I, I even I, for you yeah with your, with what you I did dealt with, with major time. guilt I was used to be like oh I I'm so I took five and a half years away from it like that uh, what do I don't deserve blah 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 you know I went through all kinds of weird thinking about it and it's only recently that I started to understand I'm like this was all a part of it it's all a part of it because I learned so much about myself I learned so much about people and different kinds of human behavior and just like and business. Because truthfully, like, uh, if you want to be successful in the entertainment business, whatever that looks like, you need to understand business. You need to understand what mm-hmm. what's at stake, yes. what's mm-hmm. important, how money functions, how to run your own business. Because as an artist, no matter what the medium, you are your business. You have a good handle on money. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah, I don't play with money. Um, I'm I'm very uh, strategic and intentional about how I manage money and how I use yeah. it, and I understand it as energy as well. Money is energy. So I'm definitely like, intentional. I intentionally swipe my card yikes. and get venti cold brew after venti cold brew after venti <laughs> cold brew. And it just brew. goes down like that. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think all of these things are relative. I've started to understand the importance mm. of it. And just like, the other thing is, I, I came into the acting world as a kid, so I booked my first little things like young, so I didn't know what the hell was even going on. Sure. But um, being successful in another industry... And then coming back to acting is interesting because I think I don't have the same level of like desperation to like make it, to like prove. Yes. Because I'm like, I've already done something else and I've already been good at something else. So I'm not like looking for this to define who I am as a person. And it was work. And like because you mentioned it, I feel safe referencing it. You got baptized. I did. It's like a different perspective. Oh, yeah. It's like, like holistically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, whoa, we talked about it. You're not of this, like, it's like you're not of this mm-mm. world. So I'm not attached so it's like it's to not, anything. I'm not attached to it, but I'm, I can move in the freedom to do it. And I can have, and I can seek to make an impact. And I think that's, for me, a lot of what my focus is, like, the way I think about work and, I, and I'm not going to sit here and just say, like, in this last year, all I did was act, because I didn't. I did a lot of different things in entertainment or around entertainment, because I'm like, I'm clear that I love this art form, and I'm clear that I love storytelling, but mm-hmm. I'm also clear that there's a lot of different ways to do that. What are some of the ways you're doing it right now? Aye, aye, aye. Um, so, okay. So I have operated as a dramaturg. Um, and Very important. Mm-hmm, and one of the ways I did it was within um, the contemporary dance world. Cool, I had a friend cool, who's cool. a choreographer um, and dancer, and he essentially wanted to tell his story. He was like, I want to tell kind of my life story growing up as a black kid in the inner city in the Bronx without my father who was incarcerated, um, and, and then discovering dance and how that shaped kind of my world, and I want to tell this story. And I'm like, cool, I support you. And he's like, I want you to help me do it. And I'm like, awesome, <laughs> like, let's do that. 
Um, and it, you know, became a multidisciplinary piece. We started it. We did it the first time last year, and then we've been asked to do it two at two different dance theaters this year. So that's something I'm very excited about because it's literally a piece we developed from scratch based on his story. We wrote together. We edited, took things out. There's spoken word in it. There's hip hop in it. There's some beautiful singing that happens. There's like, mm. it's really about telling this story. And then of course he's dancing and that's the foundation of it. Um, so it's, it's very exciting. It also deals a lot with like black masculinity and what that is and what that looks like. And, um, the challenges of a, you know, a mother who's trying to raise a black son in this inner city without the father present and like just what those, what those dynamics can be like and how do you keep your son from you kind of going down that same road and like how do you raise a man when you're not one and like what does that even look like so it's it's um it's something I'm very passionate about just because mm -hmm. of the story itself and how many young men I know personally or the neighborhoods I grew up in seeing those experiences plus I didn't grow up consistently with my father either so I'm like I understand the importance of a story like this and finding different ways to tell it yeah that's great so that's one of the things I'm doing <laughs> right now. Mm. I mean, so speaking of fathers and yes. not growing up with uh, one consistently, I grew up with a father that was very consistent. However, he was not my father by birth. Got it. So Got I'm it. adopted, and you referenced something earlier about like just like tracing back and like figuring out what's what and what was what in your family and stuff, and mm -hmm. like. Yeah, it's just it's interesting because you also said nothing happens by coincidence, but mm -hmm. by what was it? It's synchronicity. like synchronicity. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is like the first time in my life where I feel like I'm in a place mm -hmm. to explore that and be like, you know what? Like for the first time, I'm curious. I've never been bitter or I've never rejected it. Like I acknowledge like what my past. Like right. I'm adopted. I'm proud of being adopted. Yeah. I just ha was never even curious. And maybe that those are like deep things that i'm just like uh, but like mm -hmm. at the first time in my life hey boom maybe this, this matters to me now this maybe is something i'm curious about now. yeah yeah and i, mean, I, I definitely, definitely get that it'll definitely inform this yeah and know? everything else that you do going forward it's fascinating because yeah. I, I feel similarly like i i think there was a big part of my life that i was like things just are what they are like this is where we grew mm -hmm. up this is how we grew up this kind of just is what it is um and it's only recently myself i think when i had the time like not working and kind of like just being able to deal with myself whatever that means um i started asking questions of myself about yeah. myself and started making those connections between like you know what are the ways that we're like our parents what are the ways that i'm like my mother why am i mm -hmm. like her what it would are um, who was her mother to her? What kind of parent was she to me and why? Like, th it just started me asking questions. And, um, you know, and it's tricky because not everybody is ready to have those conversations. So, and oftentimes to tell one truth, you have to tell a lot of other truths. Um, that's a whole different, yeah, we, we could have a whole show just about that. <laughs> what, what telling the truth is and, and, and yeah. Um, but I, I do think it's something really special that happens when you start being curious about where you come from. Mm -hmm. I think that's a special moment, especially in a creative's life. Mm -hmm. um, because so much of the work we do, I think, really is uh, rooted in who we are, even the things that we're not aware of. Like the things that we don't know, the things that are just innate, the things that are in our DNA, the things that are subconscious, the things that we've inherited that we don't even know we've inherited or we don't know actually come from somewhere or whatever it is. I think 
it, it serves a lot of the work we do. So when we get to that place where we get curious, it's, I think it's a pivotal moment, to be yeah. honest, in any creative's life, in any person's life. When yeah. Start getting curious. Well, that's the thing is like for creatives, I think it's an essential because mm-hmm. to, to be curious is to explore and to explore is to create, I think. So that's our job. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about this show and what I hoped the direction in which I hope to steer the show with the help of willing participants is yes. to like provoke those same thoughts and questions in other people. Yeah. Whether it's other artists or, or just other humans, who are humans listening. that yeah. are listening. Yeah. Or bots that are listening. Yes. Love a good bot. A Love bots. A good ask bot. yourself questions. <laughs> Think <laughs> is about this real? these things. Okay. Thank you for coming. Yes. Um, I kind of, I think that was a good first episode, but yes. if you want to come back, I'd, it'd be great. So thank you. Just, you can come back if you want. And if not, I think you said enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I <laughs> no, think you said good. Like, I mean, I'm I like, don't know. Oh, I could wrap the episode. Right here. But if you want to say anything else. No, I'm just grateful. Cool. So we could just pick up later. Um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to end with a game. Okay. That Julie says I'm bad at, but wow. I'm not. Wow. I'm not. <laughs> it's called Mind Meld. You may know it. Do I you don't know, it? know that name. Uh-uh. It's an improv game. Oh. So I'm kind of oh. shocked. No, I'm kidding. Maybe I do know it, but you I took don't five the years name. out of the business, so I'm not surprised. I know it. Know I it. probably know it. So apparently I know it. I just don't remember the name. I'm not good with names of games, guys. Whatever. I'm kidding. I don't. I don't like improv games. They make my palms sweaty. <laughs> do they really? Yeah, because like I like. There's no wrong answer though. I like right? expressing myself within like like a script is nice for me because uh-huh. it can take on new meanings. If you're asking me to come up with new meanings like, every Whoa. second, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. So yes. mind meld okay. is like this. Yes. It's basically a word association game where if there was a point to it, I like to think there isn't. It's just to have fun. Yeah. But the point is for us to meld to the same word. Huh. So we start with a round. We go three, two, one, and then we say a word, yes. the first word that comes to our head. And from those two words, we play word association until we get to the same word. Okay, let's see how this goes. Okay. <laughs> Terrified. Three, two, one. Ranch. Glass. <laughs> Ranch. <laughs> Glass. Ranch. Um. Glass. Ranch. Three. Pork. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was gonna say, since you said it, I had one ready, and, I'll, okay. and we'll go from there. I was Sorry. gonna say salad. So you said fork. I fork. said salad. Uh huh. Um. Okay. Three, two, one. Plate. Lettuce. Okay. Lettuce. Plate. Um. <laughs> oh, oh! Another rule: we can't repeat anything we've said. Any word that either of us have has okay, said. Okay. Because the obvious thing to go from there would be back to salad yeah but i thought that too do, i know yeah, we can't oh my that. god that's so funny yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. okay good so we did mind meld <laughs> yes, there we so did. we already won so we won so we're in a champions. good place we're champions guys. so but you said lettuce and fork right was that the last thing i said oh uh lettuce i and said plate plate cool okay three two 
one side. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say picnic. <laughs> side and picnic? Okay. You want to try? Yeah. Three, two, one. Blanket. Chips. <laughs> okay. Chips and blanket? <laughs> so bad. I could do this. I got one ready. I'm laughing so hard. Okay. Chips and blanket. <laughs> He's giving blanket. me eyes. Yes. Three, two, one. Lunch. Crumbs. <laughs> Very good. Was mine good, Julie? Yours was great. Mine was not good. What do you mean? It was good. Crumbs and lunch. What did I say? Lunch. Yes. You said crumbs. Okay. Three, two, one. And snacks. Okay, very good. And that's that's mind meld. We're terrible. Let's start over. I'm great. Can we do it again? Yes, yeah, let's start okay, over. Okay, let's start let's, over. Let's scrap that whole thing. I've started over pretty much every other time. One time I got it in, we did three rounds. We said three, two, one, blah, three, two, one, blah, three, two, one, ding. Damn. And we got it. I'm usually better at this, I think. I'm but, gonna, I took my glasses off because I think I need to focus. Okay. <laughs> my glasses stop me from focusing. You know, I've we heard that like having hats on blocks your... Dude, if I take this hat chakra. off, I don't know what's going to happen in this hair, okay? I know no one can on. see me, but it's rough under this hat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Secret. Shit. Secret and shit? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. A diarrhea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, diarrhea and affair. Okay. I could. Uh -oh. I'm gonna go really? there. Really? Okay. Oh, okay. Three, two, one. Anal sex party. Sex. Yeah. <laughs> sex. I was gonna say sex. You said banging and sex last time, and you remember when we ended the podcast, and then you guys agreed to end on banging and sex. I'm going to say, you said sex party, I said anal sex. So I think we're there. We were going to say there. sex. We were. We were. That's, that's what we're going to do. I think we won. Again, champions. So, yeah, we could have we could have had this episode be for listeners of all types, but I said fucking at one point and yes. just now, and then we said sex and anal sex. So it can't be for just any old body. But most of the episode <laughs> was like super clean. Sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I'm not sorry. Okay. Yeah. Thanks Nor for coming. Thank you for having me. All right. Until next time. Until next time. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram. And if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.